Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I am here with my co-host, Coach Dean Matchy. Coach, how we doing, Brig Dog? Everything's going good, brother. You know, we just had BK on there, Brian Kaminsky, yep. and that Sun Prairie um, football program. And that was a great episode and talking about two schools or one community, you know, breaking up into two schools and how he handled that situation and with his son. Uh, I, I learned a lot. And I imagine it had to be incredibly hard for him to be able to play against a lot of those athletes that played not only with him on his team, but also in his son's team as well. Well, and, you know, and getting to know Brian, like I have over the last two years, I mean, he truly cares about the athletes. And, um, you know, I kind of went through that process with him because obviously we work with his program and stuff like that. And it was really hard. You know, and when you when you truly care about these athletes, like you're supposed to as a coach, um, situations like that become really hard because, like you said, you have those kids at your house. Um, you're more than just a football coach. You're a mentor. Um, you're more than just a teacher. You're a leader. You know, and so those of you in in, in education and in coaching stuff like that, remember there's there's more to it than the grades you're getting and the wins that you're getting on Friday nights. Um, you know, we appreciate so many of you that are that are that are giving of your time and things like that because obviously it's a thankless profession to go into um but keep keep fighting the good fight and keep doing what's right for the kids uh quick shout out dean obviously you can see i'm i got the ripping red hawk football t-shirt on today um my son cameron is graduating from ripping next week so a big shout out to the the big boy um after his uh my first college grad so i'm you know, trying to figure that out as we go. I know you've had some experience with that. Congratulations, Cam. Um, another quick shout out. Uh, for those of you that listen, obviously you guys all know the name Tarek Sala. Uh, Tarek was a football legend. Uh, he sent his two girls to us right away at Sports Advantage Wanakee. And this last week, Allie, uh, his daughter, signed with Illinois State to play volleyball. His other daughter, they're both twins. And, and what's very unique is they're both you know, very different athletes. Um, Kyla is committed to go run track at UW. So a couple of quick shout outs to them. And then to everybody that's listening again, you know, we try and try and bring this up every time. Please share the show with your coaching friends, with your athletes, things like that. We're trying to share as much information as we can uh, to help, you know, the athletes and the coaches get better. So please share the show, um, you know, just trying to spread the word as much as we can. Hey, congratulations to Tarek as well. Tarek was down at Wisconsin when I was down there. And yeah. We had a lot of great times and uh, having the ability to help him in the weight room. And he had such great work ethic. And I'm sure his daughters obviously are the same way. Very in incredible hard workers in the weight room. And obviously, you know, when you work hard and you're consistent, unbelievable results occur. And that's obviously what's happening. And I know you got a great relationship with that family and and they've been coming to Sports Advantage and reaping all the incredible benefits from not only the physical training, but the mental part as well. And I think that is very important for parents to understand is, you know, when you invest in these athletes, it's, yeah, it's a physical component. And you're going to jump high and you're going to get stronger. But I think that mental component is, is really what gives you that competitive advantage. I got one more shout out, Alec Ingold, who we've had on our podcast. Uh, he's got his own podcast now, and he's got such an incredible foundation, Ingold Foundation. And I just checked that out. And I listened to his first one, and he's just an incredible person. And uh, so all of our listeners out there looking for another good podcast, 
to sharpen your mind and, and get you motivated because Alec is, I think, an incredible motivator. He's going to give you lots of his stories and about adversity and how he's had to deal with his things. And some of them he's talked about in our episodes, but he's even going to elaborate on that more in his podcast. So shout out to Alex for stepping out of his comfort zone. He's, you know, wrote the book and now after the book, he's got a podcast. So check that out. Yeah. I, I listened to the first episode and it's outstanding, obviously. Um, our Menominee Falls location opens June 1st. Uh, we're just putting the finishing touches on, on that. Uh, big shout out again to Dynamic uh, Fitness and Equipment for for locking us in with another great set of uh, racks and equipment and everything that they do for us. Uh, so a huge shout out to Dynamic. But Dean, we got a Q&A today. Uh, we got three great questions. And, you know, what's been really unique is going through some of our consulting uh, meetings that I've had with some schools that are interested in consulting. We've gotten some of these questions. So I've taken these questions from coaches and administrators, you know, that as we go through how we do things with consulting that have given them to us. So we want to bring them up here and uh, get them out for our audience to listen, because I'm sure a lot of more people are asking that. So with that, Dino, we're going to start with question one. Why are singles or the max effort exercises on max effort days used? Why are singles used? You want to hit that first? You want me to start out on it? Yeah, I'll hit it on my end, Brian. Yeah. I, I think high school kids, when you're dealing with high school kids, they're going to max out anyway, aren't they? they they're going to do it on their own, whether it's at, at their house, whether it's at the YMC or Crunch Fitness or Anytime Fitness or any of the other places. You know, if they're not going to be supervised, they're going to do it on their own. Right. So why not teach them how to do a proper one rep max without failing because I think people when you talk about the conjugate world think of a, a max as you're going to you fail and that's not the you know that's not what the conjugate method is about and we know as strength and conditioning coaches we have to in order to work that absolute strength that top end strength that we have to be 85 percent or greater of our one rep max in order to get maximally strong just like a power lifter does yep. in that case and so you have to make sure that you are developing and you're increasing that horsepower. So what kind of engine? I always say you can't put a four-cylinder engine or a Prius engine in a Ferrari and expect it to perform. Even though the Ferrari looks great, it's all about what's underneath the hood, what's yeah. in the engine. So, you know, that max effort, as far as I'm concerned as a strength and conditioning coach, is we got to get stronger because, you know, the span stronger is the foundation to movement, to explosiveness, to everything that you do in athletics. And if you look at young kids, who are the young kids that are very good in athletics? Number one, they're going to be the physically developed person. Yep. The athlete. Whether it's a boy, girl, whatever age it is, if they are stronger, they are going to be able to do and hold certain positions that their sport coaches want them to get into. And that's one thing with, you know, I run the Fox Valley Throws Club and we talk about, excellent technique and working on that technique in order to throw a shot or a discus farther. Well, you're not going to be able to hold some of these positions if you don't have the single leg strength, the core strength in order to do that. So you have to develop that in the weight room and it's very important. And then obviously you're going to work on the technique, but you have to have the strength with it. You have to have the motor and you have to have that absolute strength in order to do that and educating kids on being able to do that in pushing yourself and getting yourself out of the, your comfort zone. Cause when it's a heavy weight, 
you have to be locked in. And what I've noticed, Brian, is nobody gets injured on a one rep max because there's no fatigue setting in. Correct. There's no fatigue. When you get to you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten repetitions, start everything starts to get really sloppy. And as we know, the attention span with most people is very minimal. And so I think you have to be a very experienced lifter to do many reps if you use a higher intensity weight in order to do it correctly. And I see more people straining when they're in a fatigue state that end up getting hurt. But when you're just locked in, you got a proper warm-up protocol, and then you go and you go hard, right there you stimulated your muscle fibers and made the adaptation to get stronger. We always say we want to stimulate, but we don't want to annihilate. And unfortunately, I think a lot of high school kids, a lot of high school kids want to just annihilate their body. And they want to just be crawling out of there. And they want to be so sore in everything else. And today's athlete, we're dealing with people that are in sport currently right now that do another sport. I was just talking to one of my students and they're in a, they're in a spring sport and they're doing another sport at the same time. And this is common. You see it all the time at sports advantage. So, you know, we want to put the steak on, make sure we don't burn it, but yeah, we got to cook it. We got to get it right. So we really got to make sure we're communicating with the athlete. And we really want to do the least amount of possible in the weight room to make sure that the athlete is still getting better because overall they have to be able to be good in the, in the skill of their sport. And they're doing a lot of that. A lot of people are just missing the strength component. So that one rep max people, you have to think of, okay, what is the reason for the one rep max? It's to get absolute strong. It's to work on maximal strength and it's not to fail. So that max, you got to get that out of your definition of what a max is. It doesn't mean failure. We tell athletes, if you fail, it just crushes your central nervous system and make things worse. And then your recovery will be even be less and your progress will be a lot slower. So the education piece is so important for coaches to understand that out there, Brian. How do you do it in your setting, in a private setting? Well, well, Dean, I think, you know, like you said, I think the major misconception is that, you know, just because you hit a PR that you got to go for another one. You know, we tell our kids, you know, you want to say, like you said, save one in the tank, save one for next time, you know? So, and I think the other major misconception, I talked about this on, on the West Side Barbell podcast I was on a, a few months ago, is that there's a, I mean, you can call it onboarding, you know, progressing, however you want it. We don't just take kids, do an evaluation on them, they start doing singles. I mean, there is a specific way we go about it, and that's a lot of volume, right? Higher repetition, you know, moderate weight, teaching the box squat, teaching foot position, teaching all those things to get them ready to handle that. You know, um, I think that's a huge mistake that coaches make. They see conjugate method. They're like, okay, well, we're going to do singles. And they put the kids right into it. Well, your kids aren't ready for that yet. So there's a process that you have to go through. But for us, once our kids are ready, um, you know, like you said, you touched on the, the term absolute strength. Absolute strength is the king for performance. Uh, it drives all the other variables. It drives force production when you sprint. Um, a lot of times it drives mobility, you know, because you have to get into a, a you know, very difficult positions, you know, a deep squat um, and things like that. So it drives mobility. Uh, it drives our dynamic effort days. The stronger you get, 
the heavier the bar is uh, on our dynamic effort days, which as we know is a, is a speed day for us. Um, and the other thing like you touched on too, is, is those three to five max rep tests or whatever you're doing from a rep test. First of all, all it is like, if I do a three rep max or a five rep max, you know, for, for a hot, heavy set of five for kids, that's all it's telling me that I can do that weight for a set of five. It doesn't tell me what my, what my one rep absolute strength number is because every kid is different. And so coaches, if you do that, um, you're giving the kids false information. Um, just because they can, they can do three fifteen for five. You probably have, you know, five or six kids in your weight room that can do that. And, and when you put a single, you know, put them into a situation and do a single, every kid might be different. Um, and so, you know, then if you're using percentages to do your dynamic effort day, those can be all screwed up. So you're really hindering your program when you do that. Um, you know, and like I, like you talked about too, with injuries, I mean, that I, guys, after that first single, okay, there's a level of fatigue that sets in with the athlete. You're, they're more susceptible to injuries, especially when you're over 90% of, of what their, you know, their capacity is. Um, so you're putting your kids at more, you know, risk for injury when you're doing that, especially well, all the exercise, any exercise, you know, type of thing like that. And then the last thing for us that I think is really important is with a single, I can see where the athlete breaks down. You know, I can see where that area of weakness is that's prohibiting them from getting that that rep, whether it's in the bench, the deadlift, the squat, uh, whatever it is. When they're doing a single, that's a 100 percent effort. Uh, if they're, if, you know, if they cave forward, if their knees cave, if their elbows flare out, that's going to tell me then as a coach, because I'm going to observe what happens, what I need to add into my program to start building those areas of weakness up, because typically you'll find in your high school programs that most of your kids will fail the same way. Okay. A lot of your kids are going to fail or, or not get the rep the same way when they're doing it. If they, if they miss their single, um, you know, or if it doesn't, you know, look the way it's supposed to, however you want to, you know, dictate that, but it's going to give you that, that, that template of, okay, maybe we need to add more tricep work in, you know, maybe we need some more upper back work. Maybe we need some more glute work. Maybe we need anything in there, in that, that rep where they break down, if they do break down as to what you add into your program. And quite honestly, guys, if there's an area of weakness, you need to build it up. And again, like the conjugate method that we, that we utilize 10 to 15, 20% is built in the main exercises, 75 to 80% is built in the accessories, which are bringing up areas of weakness, which is injury prevention, which is what our job is as a strength coach to begin with. Okay. And so that's why we utilize that. And, you know, at the end of the day, you either get it or you don't, you know, and, and again, Dean, we, we've all been around and we, we want to tell kids, Hey, you know, we don't want you to fail. There's going to be days where they get under the bar and they feel great and they just don't get it. You know, maybe technique slips a little bit here. It slips a little bit there, but at the end of the day, you either get it or you don't, you know, you're not trying to fight through a fifth rep or a sixth rep or anything like that. So again, use singles they're 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 not you know the devil they're not you know evil or anything like that but i think the main thing dean and, and you guys do this too teach the kids how to do it right you know what i mean make sure they're doing the exercises right um but don't be afraid to do it singles females males anybody as long as you teach them all right question two and i got this from one of my former coaches which was pretty cool um i have an athlete with a peanut allergy I know that PB and J's are great ways to add calories. 
any suggestions for this athlete on how to add extra calories as he's looking at adding some extra pounds? Well, Dean, I, I'm going to steal yours before you even go. You know, one of the things you told me with Carson, you know, who's my youngest son is, hey, if he's trying to add weight, have him drink more milk. If, you know, if guys are trying to, you know, lose a little weight, drink more water. Um, it's a great way, you know, we, we talk about it quite a bit, right? Drink your calories, start drinking some more calories. That could be shakes. That could be things like that. Obviously, you know, you have to really make sure, and, and, I'm, and I know a lot of parents are, but coaches as well, you know, you really have to know if your kids have these allergies, especially if they're in the weight room, because a lot of kids, you know, I think that listen to our podcast and, and, and are educating themselves on nutrition, you know, will, will bring a snack to the weight room. So again, you better make sure you know if your athletes or any of your athletes have these allergies because they can be pretty significant. Um, the other thing I do, you know, outside of the shakes and drinking is I just tell our kids double meat. You know, if they go, if they go to, you know, Pancheros or Qdoba or if they're making sandwiches, whatever it is, put a couple extra slices of meat on there, you know, double steak, double chicken, um, you know, things like that just to add some more protein into their, into their diet, stuff like that. What about you, Dino? What do you guys do over at Kimberly? You know, those are all great, great points here. I think at bottom line is if it's important enough to the athlete, they're going to find a way. And I've noticed if kids want to gain weight, what I would do, my suggestion is I always say you should be having 900 to a thousand calories by 10 o'clock in the morning. You, awesome. you have to be able to get, because what research shows that people that put on lean muscle mass that they found out through those athletes that if they got between 900 and a thousand calories by 10 o'clock in the morning, they were much more likely to achieve the proper caloric intake throughout the day. Did so I just, study? Did, did, did Mangan get you that study? Or did no, you I, I, I saw that study, yes. but we, we both saw it and we were all over it because it made a lot of sense to us. You know, you want to start your day out, right? You want to make sure if, if you're getting eight hours of sleep, which obviously everybody promotes, as far as the strength initiating world that, you know, you're getting eight hours of sleep. You need to get some protein in that body right away. And we know protein for muscle recovery, fruits and vegetables for health, and you have to get enough of it in. And whether you have an allergy or whether you don't like certain foods, you have the internet, you have the disposal. There's tons of information about nutrition out there. It's how do you incorporate it into your nutritional program and i would say write it down what you write down the more times you write it down the more times you see it the more you're likely to continue to make it a habit which is going to be discipline and therefore you are going to consistently do it and just get it right in front of you write it down write it down more than once and see it more than once and track it because like we say you want to assess it you don't want to guess and the only way you're going to know is get on the scale every day if you're trying to gain weight. And if you're trying to put on lean muscle mass, it's hard work. It's hard work. It's easy to put on weight because it's easy to put on bad weight. But if you want to put on muscle mass, you got to choose the foods that you're going to get the most bang for your buck with. And that's a lot of lean meat, a lot of lean protein, lots of fruits and vegetables, and you're not in the chips, you're not in the ice cream, you're not in all the sweets, and you're fueling your Ferrari in the way that you want it to perform. And just like, hey, we got the Kentucky Derby's coming up here in a couple of days. And, 
you know, we got situations there where they're giving them horses the best nutritional food that they possibly can so they can perform. So I always say, you think of yourself as a racehorse. You're, you're going to try to eat the best food that you can so you can perform. You look at the Indy 500, NASCAR, they're putting the best fuel yep. that they can into that gas tank so that engine performs optimally. And if kids understand that and you treat your body like a temple and you are really serious about making gains, you will take off if you are consistent in that. So find a way. If it's important enough, yeah. You will find a way. No built-ins. No built-ins. Yeah. I think one thing that we talk to our kids about, Dean, is you, is the food you eat is more about the effect on your body than the taste. You know what I mean? And, and again, we all want food to taste good and we all want to enjoy what we eat. But sometimes, you know, there are foods that you need to be eating, like you said, fruits and vegetables, um, that you got you to gotta get those in your body, um, you know, to get rid of inflammation, to make sure your body's functioning properly. Um, and if you guys don't like to eat those, there are alternate solutions. I know they sell greens, they sell, you know, you know, fruits and stuff like that, where you can put them in your shake, you know, where they don't taste, where you get them in, but you got to get those phytonutrients and all those other things into your body um, to make sure as an athlete, you're taking care of yourself. We talk to our kids about 80, 20, you know, um, we don't ever tell our kids, Hey, you know, you never can have ice cream. You can never have pizza. You can never stuff like that. 80% of the time you want to be an athlete. Like you said, you want to be that, that Ferrari engine. You want to be things like that, but you're a high school kid. Uh, every now and then Culver's is okay. Every now and then, um, a frozen pizza is okay. Every now and then, you know, some of that other stuff is okay, but it can't be the norm. It's gotta be, you know, something that you either do it as a cheat meal or, or something like that. If you want to be great. You know what I mean? If you really want to be great. And, you know, unfortunately, um, I think our country needs to change this is that the foods that are best for you are the most expensive. You know, uh, I'm not sure why our country has it. As, as, as the foods that are the worst for you are easily accessible, you know, for our kids and stuff like that. It should be the other way around. The things that keep our kids healthy should be more affordable for athletes. But that's a different topic. We'll save for a different day. And sport coaches, I think you have to constantly remind kids, you know, what to put in their body. And as, even as far as hydration with summer coming up, you know, you have to hydrate. We understand the importance of it as far as, you know, our power output, if we're dehydrated, we're going to lose it. And, you know, heat illnesses and, you know, all that kind of stuff, dehydration, that's going to affect your performance. So I think as a sport coach, you got to be constantly reminding them of making the correct choices. And then when you start making these choices, it can't be so dramatic. Just make little bit of choices here and there and start with that and start to see a little bit difference. And also with the nutritional aspect is what works best for you? Because some people, if, if they eat right before a contest, they get more nervous and anxious and, and they might throw up and they get an upset stomach. So athletes, you got to find out what works best for you. Just because a textbook might say, hey, you know, two, two hours, you got to have complex carbohydrates and, you know, and then you got to have this much water and all this, you know, there's no perfect format, just like there's no perfect program there, you know, there, they don't exist. What the perfect program is for you and the perfect nutritional situation for you is you have to figure that out. Well, Dean, I, I, you know, I think it's, 
it comes down to two as coaches, right? You guys got to live it too, you know? And, and at the end of the day, if, if your kids see you eat nothing but fast food all the time, you know, what, what, what message are you sending to them? Now, again, that, you know, we're all, we're all human and, you know, I eat McDonald's too every now and then, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like if you're, if you're telling the kids one thing and you're doing the other, uh, especially on social media and all the other things, kids find out and they know, and you know, you want to be a leader, you got to lead out in front and do what, do what you preach. Um, and that goes for everything that you do as, as a leader. Uh, question three here. Right, yeah, dog, go ahead. Fire it. Fire energy it. drinks. I see a ton of coaches drinking energy drinks, you know, these bangs and monsters, right, right while they're talking to kids in, in specific situations. And I, I think you got to be careful with that too, because, you know, I, I hear a lot of high school kids and even middle school kids think that they need to take a high caffeinated beverage in order to perform well. And we certainly know that there can be a lot of dangers with that. If you have too much caffeine and we know it dehydrates you and you're more likely to pull muscles and all this kind of stuff. And if you get your heart rate up too much, that can be a, a huge health concern as well. So a little bit of caffeine is obviously can be good. Can be good, yeah. Performance, very good. But too much is could be very, very bad. Right. So coaches, make sure you're educating that. Athletes, make sure you understand because – you know, you, you I, every once in a while you hear somebody, you know, I had two bangs before, you know, an athletic contest or a practice, and that's a recipe for disaster, and it can be very unhealthy. Well, the other thing, last thing on this topic too, Dean, is like supplementation. We could do a whole podcast on supplements and things like that. Guys, don't, you, you know, if you're an athlete and you have questions, go ask your coach. Don't just go to GNC or just go somewhere where someone's, you know, working a $12 an hour shift just to cover a store. Um, you know, go to people with the education and ask them, um, those questions, you know, don't just order something online. Um, and again, same thing, you know, those pre-workout drinks, those energy drinks, you know, with three, 400 milligrams of caffeine guys stay away from those. You know what I mean? Um, because at the end of the day, you know, that, that can really be detrimental, especially if you're in a dehydrated state already, you know, so you're asking for a lot of problems. So, um, nutrition though, it comes down to just, you know, taking care of business and being consistent and making, making great habits. So uh, anybody have questions on that, feel free to message us. We can, you know, talk with you. We can get more nutritional questions. We can definitely cover that on other shows. Question three, Dean, this was a good one. I got this from uh, one of our schools that um, we're going to start working with from a consulting standpoint. I'm taking over a high school weight room for a division three, division four level school. How do I create quote unquote buy-in? Well, my first answer is you got to live it. You know what I mean? You got you got to be in it, right? You got to be the the person that opens the weight room. Um, you got to be in there while they're in there. You got to be coaching the kids. So the the kids, if you're taking, even if you're in a, your current program now and you're wondering how to get more kids bought in, you have to be actively coaching all the time. All right, weight room monitors that doesn't create buy in, and if you're someone that comes into your weight room. And, you know, you open the doors for the kids and then you disappear and the kids are in their training. Um, there's not enough expletives that I can use for how poor that is. And then to go back and say, well, we don't get kids coming in. We don't, that, that's on you. Like your job is to go through, you know, your school, your teams 
and to get the kids to come in. You have to sell them on the value of the weight room because if you don't believe in it and your actions don't show that you believe in it, you can't expect a 15, 16, 17-year-old boy or girl to believe in it. All right, we have to do a better job in our high schools of living it, being in there, coaching, taking the kids through the workout. Uh, it's not a weight room monitor situation. If you're going to monitor kids, chances are, you know, there's going to be other schools that are going to move past you very quickly. Well, Brian, what I'll say about that is find somebody that's passionate about the weight room, passionate about kids' health, passionate about helping kids get stronger and work their body and also that mental health aspect of helping your brain. And I think that is so important. You have to sell the advantages of the weight room, not only for them individually, but then if they're an athlete, how it's going to affect their athletic performance as far as decreasing injuries and increasing athletic performance. I'll tell you one thing right now, I feel everybody belongs in the weight room. Yes. And everybody should feel comfortable in that environment. And I don't care if it's at home and if you have a home gym, I don't care if it's in a hotel and you have it in a hotel and if it's at a private workout facility or if it's at a college, I don't care what facility it is. Everybody should feel comfortable in that environment and everybody belongs there because we know muscles are friend. Muscle increases our metabolism. Muscle gives us the ability to move. And you have to do that your whole entire life. And when you get older and you cannot move, you are going to lose quality of life. And so it's so important as we age, we know, Brian, as we're getting older, it's harder and harder to keep muscle mass on. It's just the aging process. So how can you fight that? You have to resistance weight training. I'm a firm believer, and you have to resistance weight train. And whether that resistance is, hey, Joe Thomas, when he got done with his career and did swimming, and the water was the resistance, whether you're in the weight room using all different types of modalities, it could be kettlebells, sandbags, bands, it can be chains, it can be dumbbells, it can be barbells, it can be all these different types of ways, but we have to do some kind of resistance training. And it's a must. And then that euphoric effect that you have from getting a good workout in is just starts your day or is part of your day that is just going to help you have just an incredible experience. And I think that is so important for people to understand. The people our age, Brian, as we are more experienced in our age, the people our age that I know that exercise regularly are the happiest people. People that don't do anything exercise wise, or especially if they don't do any resistance, weight training are grumpy all the time. They're totally grumpy. And I think it really hurts their quality of life. Well, too, Dean, you know, just to kind of piggyback on some of that, you're, you're explaining the value of it long-term. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and that is something that we have to do a better job of explaining the value of what the weight room and, and performance training does for our athletes. The first thing that, that if you're a coach, dig up research studies, dig up whatever it is on injury prevention, because if you're trying to sell kids, if you're trying to create quote unquote buy-in for the weight room, keeping them on the field 
on the practice field, on the court, whatever, is the most important thing of what you're doing, okay? You know, in the NFL, they say you can't make the club if you're in the tub. Yep. You know what I mean? And same thing in high school. I We see this all the time. You know, kid unfortunately gets hurt. Next man up, he steps up. And all of a sudden, maybe that person doesn't lose, you know, their starting job. And now the person that got injured, unfortunately, you know, um, you know, they may be on the sidelines. So again, you know, what, what's your, your greatest, whatever is your availability? How do you say that? Best ability is your availability. Heard it. Absolutely. You know, and I think a couple other ways that you can do this, you know, to our coaches is collect data. You know, we collect so much data at sports advantage, but just collect data to show the kids are getting better. You know, you can hop, have them hop on a jump mat, you know, once a month, you can have them run a time sprint. You can, you know, look at some different weight room stuff. You can test their chin-ups, you know, things that you don't even have to, you know, really use a lot of equipment for, um, but just show them if they're consistent, the improvement they're making. And then when they do make that improvement, you know, praise them for it, for being consistent and praise them in front of other people that maybe you're trying to create buy-in with. There's nothing wrong with praising and giving an athlete credit in front of their peers. You're not calling out the other person. You're giving someone, you know, a, a good job or whatever in front of the other people that you're also trying to create buy-in with. So there's that, you know, in our culture that, that that's something that's frowned upon as well. And that's not, shouldn't be frowned upon. You should be able to tell kids good job in front of their buddies. Uh, so their buddies can look at it like, wow, you know, that maybe if I'm consistent, um, you know, they'll give me a good job as well. The last thing guys is to me, you got to have standards. You, you got to have standards. Um, you know, you got to have kids showing up on time, you know, whatever standards. And, and again, in our consulting, this is one of the things that we educate on, um, you know, on some different standards that you need to have as far as how to build a culture in the weight room, not just numbers, not just how high they jump, but what kind of culture do you have in your weight room? Because if you have certain standards that you set, as far as like being on time, you know, maybe it's dress code, maybe it's you can wear a hat, can't wear a hat, things like that. And then you start to let some kids do, you know, break those standards. You're never going to have a great culture in your weight room. You know, the standard is a standard. And we say that all the time at Sports Advantage. I know you believe that too, Dean. Um, and that's why you guys have a great culture. And Brian, too, I think the me best medicinal practice is exercise. And if you are in an environment where you are supervising a weight room or you're coaching kids up in a weight room, I think if you can turn those individuals on to be able to incorporate some kind of exercise and resistance training into their daily routine, and it doesn't have to be long, it can be a 20 minute workout, you will be a difference maker in someone's life. I always challenge people that I know and say, hey, if you can help someone that you care about that doesn't exercise as much as they should or doesn't know how to start and you can get that person hooked into doing some kind of exercise program, you will be a huge difference maker in that person's life, not only physically, but mentally as well. No, I agree, Dean. I mean, it's, it's, and again, it takes time, right? I mean, you guys just didn't walk in the door there and just all of a sudden, you know, you got a great, it takes time, you know, and you have to understand there's going to be two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. You're going to, you're going to get those days, right? But you have to stay on path. You have to believe in what you're, what you're talking to the kids about. You have to live it. 
Um, and you also have to make sure they understand it's more than just for sports. It's long-term, it's life. It's a lot of things these kids have gone through, you know, over the last couple of years, um, things like that. Well, dog, I want to give you and coach Mangan a, a huge shout out, um, you know, before we cut off here, um, you know, a lot of times you're bringing up research that you guys have read and books you guys have read. And I tell you what, you know, if you're in the state of Wisconsin, you know, these are the type of people that you want in front of your athletes, because at the end of the day, they're constantly searching for a competitive advantage, 1% better, whatever they can do. And, you know, I obviously know them a lot more personally than, than most of you do, but they're constantly talking about the research that they're doing. Um, all the other things that they're looking for competitive advantages uh, for their kids. This isn't about them, you know, and, and there's a lot of other great coaches that are doing it. Obviously we had coach Ganevak on that does that, you know, and so many other great coaches in our state. And if you're one of those coaches that again, looking for buy-in that's looking for how to change the culture, reach out to some of these people that have done it and then listen to how they've done it. Okay. Because it's hard. It's hard work. It's hard work to change a culture and it's harder work to maintain the culture that's, that you build. So again, huge shout out to both you guys and to so many of our other coaches, you know, I, I obviously I single you out cause you're on here with me, but so many coach K, you know, obviously so many of the other coaches out there that are building culture that are going through it on a daily basis, you know, working with kids, trying to get better themselves so they can make their kids better because that's what it's truly all about. Brian, Sports Advantage, talk about summer sessions coming up. I yeah. see a lot of your um, advertising going on there. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so our summer sessions obviously start in June when the kids are out of school. Uh, one of the very unique things that we do, obviously we have different schools we work with, um, but we really try and work with the kids because we understand the value of the kids training at their school. So we do have a lot of kids that are ingrained in their high school strength program. And we meet the kids where they're at. We look for the areas of weakness um, and we try to build on the foundation that they're hopefully getting at their high school. Um, all five of our gyms were open in Menominee Falls June 1st. Uh, for those of you that are that are interested in that area, uh, Tyler Leonard will be our director there. Tyler's moving from Oconomowoc uh, to Menominee Falls because it's a little closer to his house. Uh, he's got a great presence there. Um and for those of you that are looking, we do free evaluations where we get a, a good sense on, on how you move, things like that. If you're one of the first you know, people to sign up for that, I believe Tyler's got a, a, a June for free special going on um, that we'll be having in Menominee Falls. But again, the summer is the, the most important time for you to really develop as an athlete. Um, I think our systems that we do from a private sector standpoint are the best in our state. Um, I don't have a problem saying that from the results that we got, I, you know, we had a kid just break the combine record, you know, a 10, I believe it's a 10 year combine, no WFCA, you know, set the combine record for the top vertical. I think three of the last five years, a kid from our gym has had the top jump at the, at the WFCA combine. So I think we know a little bit about how to prep kids, you know, for that event, but also just the physical parameters you need to be an athlete. So really looking forward to seeing a lot of kids this summer. Uh, both in our semi-private strength and our elite speed, you know. So what about you? What do we got for Fox Valley throws? Where are we going to fire? Super excited. We're in Kakon again this summer. And June 5th, we start shot put discus sessions. And it's welcome to all levels, beginners to advance, middle school, high school, and even college kids um, can sign up. So check out 
www.foxvalleythrowsclub.com and you can sign up right there. Make sure you click on the waiver and you sign the waiver form and we will see you June 5th. Looking forward to it. Oh boy. There's, we're going to be firing it. We're going to be, I might actually be in town that day. So I might pop over and I got, I got to go visit a couple of our schools in that area that we are consulting with. So I might be in town that day. So I may pop in the ring and see what I got. I don't know how much left I got. I, yeah, I definitely can't spin because I'll get, Brian, I'm too old, I'll get dizzy. Baseball was your spring sport. Yeah. I'll let her rip either way. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your weekend and we will see you next time. Chop it. <laughs>